Welcome to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. This is where we discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to customers and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. Hello, everybody. Hello, Jonathan. What's up, Daniel? <laughs> We're back after, well, I'm back. I, I think the last one I recorded was two months ago when Trinidad was here. Yep. yep. And then I like took like two months to upload it because we were doing the Puerto Rico thing. Mm-hmm. The big old so. Puerto Rico project. So I just wanted to like get you back on, not just to catch up and stuff, because you know, we've been talking. You came by the other shop to look at the epoxy we've been working on. Which is looking great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to get like kind of your feel on the project and how it went and maybe things you were expecting that kind of turned out differently and just go from there. So let's, I guess let's start with uh, what were your expectations going in and like what surprised you about dealing with commercial that maybe you didn't expect before, or was it exactly what you imagined it was? Um, From your feedback when we talked before we went on a trip, it kind of went as expected. Dealing with other contractors when they're under full renovations, that's something to consider. You know, yeah. um, most of the hotels in the States probably won't have as many contractors in the units with us at the same time. But out there in Puerto Rico, they just didn't really seem to care. Yeah. But uh, besides that, overall, the project went well. I think everybody worked really well together. Um, we performed that. I think we did a great job, you know, yeah. all of us, because we finished on deadline. Um, the tubs came out great. Mm-hmm. And great experience for me and my team yeah i think honestly it went really well especially for being the first time you do something like that it's always hard to really imagine all the variables and that's part of the reason why i tell people to quote your commercial stuff right and like plan on there being variables yeah because if if you don't price your stuff right you're gonna end up like with a headache you don't know what can happen yeah and I, i think going with you was a good opportunity for us to learn how to flow our, our project, the tempo, what to expect. You know, we dealt a lot with uh, picking up more material every single day. You yep. were always out there trying to find stuff for us. And, and, it, and it's different because if it was here, it would be like, well, we just ordered it all in bulk, yep. but we're in somewhere else. So like doing that is harder. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw what happened. Mm-hmm. Like I had to call the freaking bank and I'm in Puerto Rico and they're like, why is there a Home Depot in Puerto Rico trying to charge you two grand? Like, yeah. it's like, dude, I'm out here working. Yeah. And then nowadays the banks don't even let you put in a travel notice. So yeah. like, and you know, it, it, it's all those things like the logistics stuff that you got to kind of plan for and know that are going to happen. Yeah. And that's why it was good to go with you. Cause I got to watch how you handled that, mm-hmm. how you address those issues upcoming and you know, how I'm going to handle it on our, our next project, mm-hmm. um, which should be much easier because we won't be in Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. let's see. We'll <laughs> you see never that, know right? who calls, yeah. man. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I honestly think it went well. The guys did work together. Um, the flow, you know, had its ups and downs. In the end, we got it all done. So yep. that's the important thing. Um, and it didn't go without its issues. You know, I like to be honest. There, there was a couple of rooms, and like I was just telling you, we're going to go back and, yeah. and touch up. Those things that happened on that last day. But, you know, 7 out of 93 is nothing. Yeah, you know? and you know, when you're operating at that pace, mm-hmm. we, we, we crushed a lot of units very quickly. 
Yeah, and, and we're so working around them too, which exactly. isn't supposed to be like that. Yep. You know, yep. over here, you know, and it's not for nothing, but like they just take it more serious. Mm-hmm. If you say I need the rooms and I could be the only one there, they'll do it. Yeah. But over there, it's like you tell them, they say, yeah. And then next thing you know, you got 20 contractors and they're yeah. with you. Nobody cared. Yeah. And then the, the room moving thing, which that was a whole which thing. Which was great. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first set of rooms that they move us to, which is, you know, it, it was like, th- those were nice. Those were like the hotel rooms. Yeah. And then they moved us to like the villas. Yep. Which are like the timeshare ones. Mm-hmm. Which they were big. They were nice. But the fact that they threw us in there with no, no AC. In Puerto Rico. After working a whole day. And then you guys didn't get to see the the very interesting place that they wanted to put us after that. Oh, we had, uh, they, they wanted us to be over there in, in Rio Grande in the mountain. And they tried to like take us to this house. And I don't know if I ever got a chance to like tell you what this thing really looked like. Yeah, you came back and you explained it. It was pretty it, rough. It, well, I'm going to explain it for like people listening. It was like a shithole. <laughs> it was like three stories. And then the basement had like doors that were like lower than like regular people high. Like even Crystal had the duct to go through. It was really weird. And then like that's where they were like, oh, you could put one person or two people here. Mm-hmm. And then climb up all these stairs with there, there was like shit everywhere. Like animal shit. Yeah. It was nasty as fuck. It's crazy. And and not just that, going up the mountain, dangerous. No stop signs, no street lights. The fences on the highway on the side mm-hmm. were like made out of sticks. So I, I, I was like, no. And then that's when they're like, oh, we'll just put you in the luxury apartments we have sitting here. Yeah. Like, that should have been the first thought. <laughs> Which ended up working out great. Yeah, that was. We that were was able good. to keep everybody together, you know, make I, sure everybody was on track. Yeah, honestly. If we can get another setup like that, if we ever do something like that, I think it's better because you get more time to talk, you know, and not just that personally, too. You know, you want to like who you're working. Exactly. And so, like, you know, we got to talk more and just, you know, shoot the shit. Mm -hmm. We got to, like, hang out. And and discuss the operation itself. That's also true. The team got to sit at the end of the day and discuss, like, what went well, what didn't went well, how we're going to approach tomorrow. Yeah. And and, and that, it did feel like a giant project, you know. it was long days that we put in out there to get that done. So all that, that teamwork, that discussion need, needed to happen if we were going to finish on time. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Because it's just like when there are so many moving parts, not just on the crew side. You know, you guys work together, but you guys haven't worked with us. Yeah. And then same thing the other way. So we are kind of trying to feel out how you guys operate, how you guys do things, and vice versa. And then on top of that, we have the outside factors of like, oh, we have to move our rooms today. And we had to do this, and it cut into time. And this place didn't have material. Or skip these seven rooms on and this then come floor back and jump down to the second yeah. floor. We no had elevators. No elevators, yeah. That was, that was a mess. So, you know, that, that's just, you know. But that's why they called us. Yeah. You know, like. Uh, we're supposed to handle it. Yeah, we're, we're professionals. So that's something that we both, me and you both knew. You know, the crews may have not expected it to be that way, but we knew there was going to be challenges. And. Challenge, what are you going to tell the, the, the hotel? You got to do what you got to do. So we made it work. We and we, I think we went about it well. We kind of conquered each floor at a time, mm-hmm. and then at the very end, we had to run around like crazy to catch up the units that they didn't have available for us at the time. I think under the circumstances, we did the best the job there could have been done because realistically, the deadline you know, when you're in there, you're like, oh shit, you know, things are behind us, but really, it wasn't even really our fault. No. We lost a good five hours. The first day they moved us. Yeah. And then the second day was just like, 
not only did they move us again, which me and Gilbert had to handle, but then like we had to like get stuff out of people's rooms while they were working yep. and, and do that whole thing. And then they also did the, oh, we know you're starting here, but can you skip these, like you said, yep. and then start on the other side. And it was just like, it's getting to the point where we just had to piece it together, yeah. you know? So, but overall, I think everything went well and they're happy with it, you know? Yeah, like, and that's all that matters. And, and you, you know, you're going to go back and handle those few units yeah. that came up. And I think we also can't forget what we, it's not 93 just tubs. This is for the listeners. Cub, uh, jetted tub conversion. Yeah, the jacuzzi conversion. Is, mm-hmm. So it was a whole nother undertaking with that. That was a, we brought crews in that necessarily didn't have any experience doing those conversions. So the first day, uh, not only did we arrive, Oh, I'm sorry, the second day we spent just training individuals just mm-hmm. to get the project flow. So moving forward, if our teams collaborate on something like this again, it's going to be a whole different operation. That's two days right there that aren't going to be wasted on just teaching. Yeah, and, and also, you know, some people were familiar with power tools. Some people weren't. Yep. Some people, you know, needed to get into the groove of things. Some people didn't fully understand, like, the installation part of it. And, and obviously those are things that happen when you're doing anything new, yeah. you know, on-site mm-hmm. training. So we kind of had to do on-site training there. Yep. But the, the thing is, and I don't know if I really mentioned it to you, uh, when before I reached out to you, they were proposing having their people be the labor. And I said, hell no. no. Because you saw what was going on in yeah. those rooms. Hell yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll get back to that in a second, but they were proposing having their people. So that would have been an issue no matter what. Yeah, not, because not in this industry. What, I wanted our crew to come out there in August, and they didn't want to wait that long. So I was like, well, I, I'll sub it to somebody. And they're like, well, how about you uh, teach uh, the people over here, and we'll have them do it under you, and you pay them. And then I'm thinking no, one of two things, right? I tell them how to do the process. I never get called again because now they got their people doing it. And number two, which was kind of even more important to me, was their work ethic over there is just non-existent. I mean, you will literally go into these rooms and you will see seven guys in a circle watching one guy screwing a light bulb. (laughs) That's literally how it is. And then people with, oh, well, it's not my job. And I don't really care what you guys do in here. Like, you know, oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like uh, Mr. Hyatt. I don't really care. Like, what is that? But you know, hey, some people are just, just collecting the check. You know, we yeah. were there on a mission. Yeah, those guys are were there every day just, just to get a job. Mm-hmm. But for us, it was different. But we didn't let that slow us down at all. Our oh. crews got in there, told those people to get the heck out of our way. And, and when it and came we down to, to crunch time, I told the supervisor, I told Juan, I was like, in the last two or three days, if there's anybody in our rooms. I'm going to tell them to get the fuck out. Yeah. And he was like, oh, no, no, but you got to work with. No. Like, they had their opportunities. You know, I stopped asking, and I just started spraying. That's what you got to do. Yeah, so one guy, he didn't want to get out for whatever reason. He was probably in the same situation as us trying to finish something out. And I was like, look, we could bo- we'll both just work in here. I'm just, I'm, as soon I can as guarantee you that, that <laughs> you're not going to stay in very long. So, yeah. <laughs> whatever. And then as soon as they smell it, they just they left. walk out. Yeah. Well, they get scared because... It's one thing smelling it once or twice, but when you when it starts get coming over you, yeah. it's scary. Yeah. You know, shortness of breath and stuff starts kicking in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think it went well. And honestly, in the beginning, thank God Gilbert was there. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, like I had people pulling me this way and that way. And these people want to go and have a meeting. And then we had that one meeting yep. where like we were all there. But it was just good to have somebody who was 
running and like was familiar with the area. Yeah. Because originally I was going to have Crystal do that, but she doesn't speak a lot of Spanish. Yeah. So little things like him having them like load up the paint and bring it up to the top yes. and just asking the guy, mm-hmm. those things were huge, you know, and I couldn't do it because I was busy yeah. and you were busy doing the work. So, you know, that's something you can't teach. Um, you have to learn yourself how to utilize your resources out on these projects, especially in somewhere like Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. You know, just understanding like his ability to understand that the GC has this capability. You just got to find him and ask him instead yep. of, you know, bullshitting around and complaining. Just figure out a solution. And he was pretty much dedicated to solving our problems for those first two to three weeks he was there. Yeah, and it was he, it was great. Yeah, honestly. It was awesome. It was like we had an issue. We would talk about it, and five minutes later, here he was with a solution. Oh. Like I already talked to this guy. He, he's a. You know. <laughs> it honestly worked out perfect. It did. It did. It, it did because you handled uh, all the operations directly with the corporate. Mm-hmm. Gilbert handled issues that weren't involved with actual the application, mm-hmm. and then my leadership role was making sure that application and work and workflow stayed steady. Yeah. So it, the team. The team. Even if we didn't design it that way, it worked out perfect that way. Yeah, and it, it, it really did because, honestly, under a different – that tends to how these things happen. You yeah. know, like you came thinking, like, I'm going to have him there just in case, and the opportunity just presented itself, mm-hmm. and it happened mm-hmm. that way. And it, I don't think it would have gotten done as efficiently without somebody doing those little things. And, and, you know, for the guys listening, something to consider when you go to these places, you're not you're dealing with language barriers, yep. um, unfamiliarities of where you're at. So just getting simple logistical uh, concerns like food. Yeah. You know, every morning having to go get these guys food in a language you don't speak can be challenging. And, and, and also the, the drive because things weren't far away, but they yeah. weren't close. It, the hotel has this buffer of land. Before you actually get to it. Yeah. So you go in through the first gate, and then it's just golf courses, golf courses, golf courses. Then there's a roundabout, more golf courses. I believe it's two miles. It's two miles. From the main road to the entrance of the gate. Yeah. And it, then not to include the damn golf course inside the gate. It's like 20 minutes if there's other people. You can get through it to like 15 mm-hmm. if you're like eating the speed bumps and shit like I was. Yeah. You yeah, know. I was flying. Yeah. <laughs> that poor well, rental unit. Yeah. Well. That car's done. <laughs> yeah, me too. Man. <laughs> they didn't even charge me the cleaning fee on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I left that shit a mess. But anyway, yeah, it, it was, it, it went pretty, you know, good. I think, I think everything was good and they're happy with it. Yeah. I mean, if we didn't break deadline, I think it went great. We had, everything went according to plan. I mean, you know, hiccups are, that's expected. Yeah. Real hiccups are when you slow down. You know, when things get jacked up and you're you're breaking deadlines, but hey, that last night we put in the work. Yeah, the whole team. Yeah, bro, it was. I think was it twelve where we got back around there. We, we got back around midnight. Yeah, we were there for for a minute. Yeah, but everything got done, man. And it really is just those seven rooms. They didn't mention anything else. They're like, oh, it's just the seven rooms, because and they said they wouldn't even have cared if it would have stuck on. Yeah, like it's just that the bondo was still wet. Yep. So the paint's kind of just sitting there, and yeah. when you touch it, it and yeah, that's and that's what I was saying. Operating at that level of speed, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing bondo, bondo's curing, drying, then we're etching and wiping, and so I'm, I believe moisture probably got stuck in the bondo a little bit before it could air dry. Mm-hmm. Tub was refinished and it bubbled. Yeah, which easy, easy peasy to fix. You and yeah, Ralph already that. told me he's like, I, we're gonna so we're gonna get there on Friday. He's gonna go straight to the hotel, sand it down, um, and. He said the next day he's going to just spray all of them at once Yeah. on Saturday, and then we'll just fly back Sunday. Cool. So it'll be one, two, three, kind of easy. Yeah. So, yeah, 
So other than that, um, so what was your like opinion on on more of like the business side of it? Like, what did did, did were you able to profit wise more or less what you thought? Did you was it more expensive than you thought? Um, it was. We definitely profited. Okay. Uh, I profited pretty much pretty well considering you know you took over the cost all the and costs stuff, and expenses yeah. and stuff like that so we were just operating off labor um mm-hmm. and it was a great three weeks of labor for us and our company um was it comparable to what you would have done residential or more i would say more because of no overhead mm-hmm. you know uh we didn't have to come out with fuel food for three weeks not to include what those guys probably saved when you came looking like you were with me and you saw what cost to do all this shit. Mm-hmm. You can kind of picture why I tell you to yeah. charge, you know, charge. Yeah. And I, I learned a lot being out there with you. I watched, you know, your every move pretty much and how you operated with, especially corporate. I knew workflow. I could ha- handle that. I really wanted to learn how to operate with the hotels themselves, mm-hmm. the ethics and what they expect uh, out of you as a contractor and what our leverage points are, um, how important it is that you leverage your contract properly. Mm-hmm. is extremely important just for situations like the, the, the housing. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a reason people write contracts. And for everybody who, who listens to this, stumbles across it, anything like that, there's one takeaway about any of this, regardless, regardless of what industry you're in. Like, write a contract. Yeah. Because that shit saved our ass. Yeah. Because there was nothing legally, like, keeping them in check of where to put us, yep. except for the fact that I specifically wrote to keep us on site. Exactly. If not, they could have just been like, housing means anything, yeah. you know? Accommodations mean anything. Yeah. But, you know, on site, they, were, they, were, they, had, to, they had to do it. And when they're dealing with large vendors, mm-hmm. that's, that's normal for them yeah. to have extremely detailed written out contracts that demand that this is going to be, you know, provided under any circumstance. So the fact that you did that did save our ass with the, with the lodging. Yep. Um, and then, you know, it can also backfire on you. So Sometimes. when when we wanted to have maybe an extension, you know, you they also leverage that contract, yep. which is what I learned too. So be prepared to uh, fulfill your end of the bargain before you know you start nitpicking contracts. And if you are gonna you leverage your contract like that, be prepared that it will be leveraged back against you. So don't expect that it's only gonna work one way. But now knowing that you can better prepare for. If we do something like this in the future, mm-hmm. again, in a remote place, maybe we put some flexibility in there in the contract. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, this is where we expect to finish, but we can, you know, it could be up to this day. Yeah. And that, that's a good idea. And that way you still have the leverage and they have something they could hold you to. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when we're going over there to such a place that's remote for us and we're not in our home and we're not in our town or city, like we have to have the leverage and they know that yeah we have to have the leverage with how much we charging mm-hmm. we're, we're charging because they know like it's costing them a lot more to come out here yeah and then the, we have to also have the leverage with like the accommodations things that we need that are just the bare essentials because we don't have access to that over there i mean just for the listeners let's put it in perspective we they had a full wing renovation happening we yeah. were we were one portion of that renovation yeah we were the only portion yeah to finish on time 
Literally. When we when we arrived, you know, me and you discussed, you know, time frames. And when the, when it started to get a little closer, me and you discussed our options. Like, yep. is is extension an option? Uh, we're going to have to work the guys harder. Longer. We asked. We did right. ask. And, and their logic was the whole entire wing was going to get done. By the time we finished. Oh, we knew we knew it wasn't physically impossible. We were there every day. Every so single day. We saw like some rooms didn't have granite the day before, like there was turning in. They were still drywalling stuff. They were still patching the holes in the ceilings. There's no they have you people staying in units while we're renovating on both sides. Which is incredibly dangerous. And yeah. they have OSHA over there. Uh, but I don't know how much they were abiding by that because we saw people like families with their luggage walking n- next to elevator sites that were open wide open to fall like in. wide open and then we also saw like you know rooms like that were under construction right next to rooms that were being rented yep and it, it's just dangerous you know like there there was tiles that were loose and the building wasn't ready yeah it was we, a full full renovation there was major construction happening and you know, I we I take pride in the fact that we finished on we deadline. We did, yeah. We did um, what we said. Exactly. So, and we were the only ones to finish on deadline, which is, is a big factor on why they're going to come back to us. Mm-hmm. The level of professionalism we brought with us from Florida to Puerto Rico wasn't matched yeah, out no, there by any wasn't. other contractor. Yeah. And so, that was a proud moment for me. When we finished that last tub on deadline, which was towards the end, I was like, ooh, yeah, it's going to be tough. And also... When we found the issue, reporting it right away and not mm-hmm. letting them find it. Because yeah. when we walked the rooms with them, yeah. what were we seeing? Him, you know, the, the supervisor mm-hmm. and his, his assistant pissed off that, like, they left the fucking plastic on this thing. Yeah. They, they didn't take the sticker off. Oh, they, they, the people for electric didn't even, this switch is, it is not working. Yep. Like, they, you know, we are policing ourselves. And we had their... Uh I guess supervisors, the GCs, um, whoever the right hand man of the uh, engineer was, mm-hmm. walking around fabric—is uh, that the word? Flabbergasted. Flabbergasted that we were even producing the quantity of units we were we producing said. on a daily basis. Well, he was well, like, he was like, you're here, and now you guys are here. He's like, holy shit, you guys are moving fast. I was like, yeah, we're not fucking around. We have to get this done every single day. There, yeah. there can't be a day. That we slow down. Well, it's because they're used to it. And part of it, I, I don't doubt that part of it lately has been COVID related with like supply chain. I, I do understand that. You know, yeah. I just saw the work ethic that I, you know, that we encountered over and, there. And, and, and we've seen it from a very direct perspective because their leadership or whoever is running their operation obviously isn't going to be in the units. And when they are, everyone's on their best behavior. Yeah. And which I don't really give a shit what they do. I was just like letting the other refinishers know that if you go and do a project like this, expect that you people are going to be in your way. Yep. And you need to demand your space and you need to demand your time that you're allocated to you work on these units because they are not going to get out of your way. Yep. And little things like AC and stuff like that. Yeah. And we encountered a couple rooms like that that didn't have air at all, you know, and you know, like it affected the finish on some of them. You know, some of them had those dry patches and stuff and we had to go fix them. So yeah. little things like that. It, it wasn't, you know, absolutely perfect, but it got done. It got done professionally and they're they're happy with it. You know, yeah. they had even with the seven repairs outstanding, they already paid half the balance that they owed us. Yeah. And the, uh, the other half, they told me like, hey, please just come fix it. We'll pay you right after. So no problems on that end. You know, they're yeah. like honest. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that, too, because. Some people uh, 
will be like, well, I'm not paying you a dime until you come. And they know we're coming from Florida. Yeah. But because I think the little things, we policed ourselves. We told them, hey, these ones got messed up. And we leave today. So we'll come back and fix them. Just that told them these people are honest. That and getting at, shit at done. Any, at any moment, they ha- also have a, gen, uh, um, a mutual interest in the completion of this project. Yes. That's something that I kind of learned from this was although we leverage our contracts, we have our deadlines, the hotels want it done. And yes. if you like, if we leave today, you either have a choice hotel, this is, you know, it is what it is. We either just. We're going to fly away now, mm-hmm. or you're going to make an accommodation. Yep. And so they chose, go ahead, and that's how they chose to handle it, which is just as fine. You know, we and were scheduled to go, we left, and you're going to go back. They, they were so courteous that we, like, told them about it, that they even said, like, we'll cover the accommodation, and you guys come back and do repairs. So I don't have to pay it out of pocket. They're going to let us stay in the hotel awesome. again. And he's like, since it's only for a couple of nights, like, don't even worry about it. Can I come? You want? <laughs> Just kidding. I got to, well, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> oh, if you want. I don't, I don't mind. Shit. It would be, it would be a Friday to Sunday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be, you know, quick little thing. Yeah. No, I was just playing around. I would like to go visit Puerto Rico again. It was a badass hotel. You know, that view, the breeze. Oh, that's man. another thing. The bar. There's not too many places that we get to work under those circumstances. Also, although it was a lot of work, you could work really hard in a shitty place too. And not just that you're staying there. So you, you do get to enjoy, like, the accommodations. The amenities, the yeah. Yeah. You know, it was an experience for, and, and for our guys on a team level. Yep. You know, some of them have never left the country before. Yep. They got to go experience that, make some money while out there. And, you know, for my team, bringing them to a, a project like that opened their eyes to the possibilities. Yeah. And why we have to work so hard together to keep generating these possibilities. Our work ethic and our products that we produce – speaks for, for themselves yeah you know so we want to keep doing good work and now they know the options here and since we've gotten back good things have happened for me you know yeah. and good things have happened for you and hopefully we keep knocking these big ones out because yeah man you got that little that project that you're gonna do that demo for and that's mm-hmm. that's huge man because once they see you do something like that it, it it gets to the point where they're like well if they can handle that yeah this is not going to be anything you know yeah and you know you pretty much uh Help me bump start my portfolio for the commercial industry. I didn't have to go start with a Motel 8. You know, he took me right to the big, big dogs. I got a call from one of those. And they Did were you? like, they were like, how much do you charge for a tub? I, I'm on your website. And I'm like, what well, says 499? Like, like yeah. you can't do it for 150. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, what, a, what, what is that? Yeah, no. And, 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 it, and it, we don't need to, to do that. <laughs> You don't need to do that. But it's like, bro, you don't pull up to Walmart and be like, yo, they, they're selling this for like $5 and be like, best I could do is two. Yeah. Like, no, you don't do that. So it, it's, it's just gonna weird. They're going to try, though. And they'll get $150 worth. But then they'll complain and say the refinishing doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's that kind of I get of those attitude. trolls on Facebook. Yeah. Now that I've been running a lot more of a content, yep. content-based ads, I'll you, get the it, trolls. It doesn't work. And I'm like, if we've been doing it this long, it works. Yeah. You can, you know, point them to all these hotels and resorts that have done it. Yeah. Like, probably ones that they've stayed in if they travel. Mm-hmm. That, that's the big thing for me when I have doubters like that or who call me on the phone. They'll be like, well, like, how long does this thing last? And I'm like, it lasts this long. And, you know, this is standard for hotels, resorts, and apartments. Yeah. Like, it, it, they're not going to tear out a thousand tubs, man. That and they have this... Uh 
<clears throat> false sense that it, you do it once and then it has to last the lifetime. You know why though? Why? Uh, it's just a misconception because of there's not enough content from refinishers out there. Yeah. So the one of the most highly referenced articles is from the Spruce, which is like a blog, mm-hmm. and it was written by a construction company slash plumbing company. Yeah. And they said refinishing is a good option if your tub is in decent shape, but once it's done once, it can never be done again. Literally, it's written like that. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's bullshit. But also, that's what happens when people in the industry don't talk enough about the actual industry. You have other people speaking on behalf of us. You know um, what, what we need to do? We need to go and have a couple co- uh, companies give us quotes mm-hmm. on, on putting in a new tub, and we'll quote the same job and then we'll show them, show, you know, the clients what they're getting and what they're paying. Because I get all day, they hear our pricing, 400 and up. They're mm-hmm. like, I could put a new tub in for that. I'm like, you must not have any idea. If I'm charging you $400 not to remove anything, mm-hmm. you think they're going to charge you that to remove, install, and replace the tile base around the tub or whatever plumbing fi- uh, fixtures that you have to remove and all these other things. And maybe just a cost comparison because you are getting a different type of service. You're not getting a new tub or refinishing yeah. the existing tub. And then uh, find some way to show how much time they save, which has a dollar value for everybody. I mean, if you have to take a day off work or if you have to allow people in your home when you're not there because you can't take a day off work because the project takes two to three days to replace and put new tile in and do this and that versus three to four hours in your home, in and out, refinished, looks like new, can never tell the difference. Yeah. It's a no brainer. Sorry about that. <laughs> I clicked the, the button. It showed the logo for a second. Just for a quick second. It wasn't the whole time. But, yeah, no, you're right. Like, the, the way I handle it typically is I just tell them, like, well, refinishing is in business for a reason. Like, if it was that easy, there would be no refinishers. Yeah. And then I tell them, I, that would be a better way to do it because you could just send them, like, a cost comparison. But, really, I just tell them, you know, replacement costs thousands. They got to re- remove at least two rows of tile. So if you just installed beautiful new tile and you were expecting this to cost a couple hundred bucks, no. guess what? They're going to have to rip it out. Yeah. Because houses are built and the drywall is installed uh, after the tub is there. Yeah. So the house is basically built around it. And it goes back to education, like you said. You know, just yeah. having the... Ha- and, you know, that's a great idea. I'm, we should do that. Have a video ready. Just the first time you... Second you get a client that expects it to be the same price, let's break it down for you. We should, we should make like a little, like a meme, like a little skit where we just like call one. Like, hey, this is the, you know, what's his name on a recorded line? Because you have to do that in Florida. It's so annoying. Oh, really? It's a two-party yeah. state. So like if you're calling somebody, like you have to let them know that you're, they're being recorded. Mm-hmm. And then just ask for like, oh, what, what, about how much does it cost to replace a tub and install a new one? Yeah. And just hear their answer. Just like I mean, the, the, the material alone. Yeah, or or we cannot disclose it, and we could distort the voice. That's another way to do it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's even better. Yeah, then you know it's genuine. Yeah, and and that way you know you don't have people's privacy issues and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that would be that would be really really good, um, because yeah, but people they don't know, but they just go on Lowe's dot com and see oh a tub is three hundred and fifty bucks. Why would I pay four hundred for? It's like, how are you gonna take it out? Explain to me like just. The gas now to go get the tub. Yeah, well, you're, not back, just you're back around four hundred bucks. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna tell you a story because I'm gonna segment this off into two episodes. Yeah. Um, 
But I'm going to tell you a story in the next one about this guy that called me. And it was so funny. It has to do with like a new tub. Yeah. Um, but let's wrap up this section. It feels short, but we're already 31 minutes in. This always so. happens to us. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so let's, uh, we're, let, we're, let's wrap up this part, okay. which is kind of more focused on the Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico thing. Yeah. And, uh, and then we'll pick it up and we'll just talk about refinishing stuff in general. Okay. All right. So we'll catch you guys in the next one. All right. You just listened to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to ask any questions or suggest topics for the next episode by following at Bathtub Guys on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And thanks for listening.